This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. God, my intro goes hard. After all these months, years, I don't know how long I've had it. It is fire still. God, I wish I remember that guy's name on Fiverr. Uh, anyway, welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. Not the final one of the year because I'm going to have an end of the year special with some special guests with Devin, with uh, a couple other people um, that maybe have been familiar with the podcast before we're working at the kinks, but that'll be at the end of the year. So this is the last pick of the year. And uh, man, UFC Busan in South Korea, Edgar, Korean Zombie, great main event, great card. I'm actually really excited about this card. I'm not excited about having to wake up at eight, you know, eight. eight. I wish it was eight, like 3 a.m., but I'm going to do it. I'm committed to the game, okay? I'm committed to the game. I wear a wedding ring on my finger for my wife, but it's also because I'm married to the game, guys, okay? I should get two rings because I'm married to the game. So I'll be up. I'll watch it. You know, wife's got to work. I'll be with the baby all day, but, uh, you know, she'll get off and want to do all these things, you know, because she's been killing it with Winnie James Co. And uh, she's got to work Saturday. She'll get off and be like, hey, I want to do this and this because I've, you know, haven't been able to do that because I've been killing it with my company. And I go, yeah, that's cool. I was up at 3 a.m. watching fights and took care of our daughter all day, so I'm going to sleep. <laughs> we'll, see how, we'll see how good that goes. But, yeah, insane card. Great card. I'm going to bet heavy on it. I don't think I'm going to go to the uh, casino, though. I feel like it's giving me bad luck. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go in there. I'm going to just – I'm going to – I have to drive to Indiana. I'm going to drive to Indiana, park in there, maybe bring like a snack, right, park – in the state lines, enjoy myself, take my time, place my bets online, and then we'll see how the fight goes. Um, I'm excited for it. Really, really tough card to pick. Before we do that, last podcast, I didn't really do anything personal. I usually go personal. A couple things. I don't know how many. We'll, we'll see how many rally off. It's the, it's the last pick I'm gonna I'm going to go rogue here, boys. Uh, it's my father's birthday today. Just had dinner with him. Picked up the check. He uh, He's a guy that likes to pay for everything. And the, uh, the wifey tapped me. I was like, hey, grab that. And we grabbed it, slid it out, paid for it. Went to uh, a nice little establishment. He called the shots. He wanted to go where he went. Picked up the check. It was very nice. Got him a, um, got him a, um, he's a movie aficionado. When I was a kid growing up, Blockbuster was a big deal in our family. Right next door to Blockbuster was a restaurant. We would always eat at that restaurant on Friday nights. And I'd walk over before my parents were done eating. That meet me in Blockbuster, right? Because I'm going over there and I'm getting, I love Blockbuster, right? So they had this Blockbuster VHS looking box, but it was like a board game, like a movie game. So I got him that for his birthday. He seemed to really enjoy it. Um, yeah, so happy birthday to my father, Donald Mench. He's 52, living in an 80-year-old man's body. He's the oldest man I've ever met in my life. He's only 52. He's eight years younger than my mother, but... He is 20 years older than her, just in everywhere else. Um, great dinner with the family tonight. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm in a good mood. I'm jacked up. Nice little family night, you know? Plus, I got a little bit of caffeine right here, okay? I'm all jacked up. Work's been kicking my ass, but I'm okay. All right. We're hanging in there. Um, oh, and then another thing, too. I've, I've been meaning to bring this up for a couple couple shows now. I don't ever check the iTunes stuff. Rarely do I check it. A listener that listens to the show and, and, and you know, loyal listener, Tim Mitchell, I've mentioned him on the podcast before, follows me on, on um, 
Twitter and he he commented something like months ago, right? And I just caught it like months ago. Like I it, it was like a month, you know, like three months before I caught it. He com he he rated and subscribe or excuse me, he com- uh rated the show on iTunes and then and then left a little comment, which I really appreciate because that's like when you're trying to sell ad deals and get sponsors and shit like that, that's what they look for. So I go and look the other day just cause. And so I had, I was five out of five. I had five stars all, you know, everyone, you know, I had like maybe 10 ratings or whatever it was. Then I look and I, I was 4.5 and I go, well, what the fuck? Right. And they, someone rated me a three and then someone rated me a two. They gave the show two stars. The three star one, I understand, right? Like, ah, you know what? I don't love it. So it's not a five. I don't even like it. It's not a four. Hopefully they gave me three because of the sound quality. Maybe they like the topics. I don't really know why they gave me a three, but they're like, you know what? It's not that bad. I'm going to give them a three. They didn't, they didn't comment though. Right. That is rated me. And, but the two one blows my mind, right? I don't understand how you end on a two, right? If you hate the show and you hate me, you hate everything about me, hate my voice, whatever it is, right? Why would you just not give me a one? Why would you give me a two? That doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm a big, I don't give one stars. I just never do. I'm a, I'm a really tough critic. I've explained my shipping woes on here to you guys. I've, I've done all that, right? But I don't give companies one star, right? I just don't do it. I'm not a big online reviewer. Like, I've been selling shit on Facebook like crazy. And they always ask you, rate the buyer or whatever. Five stars. Even if, even if they're not great. Even if they're, they took an hour, they, they were very confused over text or they were difficult. Cause you get some people like that, right? I still give them five stars, right? I don't care. Right. Uber people who Uber eats, if they deliver food, five stars, whatever. Um, I'm not a one star guy. I'm not even a two star guy. I don't even know if I've given, I've maybe given like four stars before, but I'm not a big raider, right? I understand that's like society. Everyone wants to be rated, but I'm so perplexed by this two, the two star rating because just give me a one. If you don't like me, you don't like the cut of my jib. Give me a one. Don't give me a two, bro. What, like what is happening? Give me a one. I would rather have a one, someone that just doesn't like me. And I've talked a lot of shit about a lot of people on here. I have no idea who listens. We have a lot of listeners. I, I wouldn't say a lot. I mean, again, it's not Rogan numbers. It's not bringing down a house, but it's more than you probably expect. We're getting our name out there. With a little niche, I mean, it's a very niche um, platform here. MMA is not the biggest sport in the world, and we're you know when we're talking about it, right? So I I, I I'm affused by that. So uh, yeah, so if you're listening to this, go rate me, go subscribe, uh, comment on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you got to do. I haven't even checked Spotify. I wonder if Spotify has rankings or not, or ratings, not rankings. Um, but you know, if you hate me, if you listen to this and you listen to me because you fucking hate me, d- d- give me a one. Don't. Don't beat around the bush and give me a two, right? That makes no sense. One or fives, right? Maybe a four. If you like it, you don't love it. Maybe I said something that offended you, whatever. If you're gonna, you want to be a stickler, but I'm very confused by that. Speaking of that, one last thing before we get to the picks. We've got a bunch of picks I'm going to dive in. Um, speaking of the Facebook thing, right? So I've been selling shit, a ton of, a ton of stuff, right? I had old headphones from the podcast. They're sitting in the closet. Again, I... I but I saved them because I thought I was gonna have a bunch of guests in here. Like the only person coming in here is Austin, right? So I'm like, you know what? If it starts ramping up again, where I really get gun ho and people do want to come over and sit down and talk MMA, whatever, 
I'll go buy new headphones. But right now, I don't need these. They're taking up space. I'm cleaning out my garage. So I'm getting all the garage stuff out, turning that to a gym. So <clears throat> I've been busting my ass doing that for two weeks because I'm not paying for a junk removal service. I've been fucking beating stuff up and throwing in the trash cans. Anyway, put the headphones up. Guy responds right away. Hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. I asked 50 bucks for them, right? They're the Sony podcast studio quality or music quality. They're very good headphones, very comfortable. I upgrade it. Didn't need them. They were for the guest. Um, they're, they're about a year old, but, but I mean, they're not like, I mean, heavily used. They're still very comfortable, not worn down at all. I asked 50 bucks, right? I know people are going to counter with 40, 30, whatever. I get it. I get the haggle. Uh, this gentleman commented, uh, was like, well, can you do 40 please? I said, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So typically a lot of people bail on it too. They'll ask, is this available? And they never respond. Or can I come pick it up? Sure. Here's where I live. Or this is the area I live. I can meet you. Never respond. So this guy was, I met him at a gas station. And it was, it's freezing in Cincinnati. It was cold last night. I get out. I have my little girl. She's in the car. He, he parks right next to me. I get up. Give him the headphones. And he's like, man, these are... ah." And it, I should mention, and this has no bearing on the story really per se, but he was uh, from Senegal. He told me that. He was, he was an African man from Senegal living in Cincinnati. Had a bit of an accent, right? Cool guy. Pulled in with a brand new Audi. And the first thing he says to me, man, you're taking all my money, man. And I go, man, it's 40 bucks. You're in a brand new Audi. $40 is, you know, come on, give him the headphones and he plugs them into his phone. Yeah. Test them out. So I'm not, you know, I'm not dogging you. And then he, you know, yeah, he's like, I don't know. These aren't, these aren't the ones I thought they were. I thought these would be the bigger ones, man. And I go, yeah. He's like, I don't even know if these are Sony. And I'm like, all right. Like, you know, if you, if you've seen, don't mess with the Zohan when they, they're selling all those electronics and it's like a, a crap thing. And the guy's like, no, no, Sony guts. It's got Sony guts in it. Yeah. This is what this guy's pulling on me. And I'm like, you know what? I said, buddy, if you, if you don't, you know, I was very polite. I was like, if you don't want them, uh, you know, if that's not what you're looking for, that's cool, buddy. You know, I take them back. No hard feelings, no big deal. And then he puts them on his, in his, he, uh, passenger seat. And then he looks at me and goes, I'll buy them for 30. And it felt like we were standing each other for maybe 10 minutes in my mind, but it was probably a millisecond. And I stared at him. He stared at me and I'm really bad at negotiating, haggling. I'm just not good at it. Typically, I would have been like, nah, man, I, I want 40. Because he had 40 right there. But I go, okay. I caved. He punked me. He punked me so good. I felt so punked driving home. And I'm like, man, I know it's only 10 bucks. He already talked me down from 50 to 40. That's 10 bucks. So I basically got $20 off. He's a very nice guy. Texted me or messaged me on Facebook afterwards and said, hey, love the love him. Got him. I just got him home, plugged him in. They're amazing. Thank you for the price. So he's he's a super nice guy. But <clears throat> definitely got punked. Definitely got, I froze. I, uh, I'm not a guy to really shy away from confrontation. If there would have been one again, he's a very nice guy. Never has that happened to me before. I've been really firm t- texting back and forth. And if someone doesn't want anything in person or whatever, then see it. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I got, I completely got punked. So I didn't want to tell that story. You know, usually I tell stories where I, I'm like the hero. Do I tell stories like that? I might, um, I should start telling stories where I'm the hero. I got a lot of, I got a lot of fight stories. <clears throat> like my big three things in my life that I don't like talking about. Right. I think it's a little gauche to talk about how much money you have. Right. You know, that's not nobody's business. Right. I'll talk to like close friends. Like, oh, you, you? but other than that, like, I'll tell you how much I bought something for. I'm not that crazy, but like, it's none of your business. What, what, what my situation is. Right. So I don't talk about that religion and politics. I think those go one and one. Those go in the same thing. I don't ever talk about religion because I don't care what you believe in. 
as long as you're a good person, you can believe in whatever you want. You know, treat people well, treat your family well, believe whatever you want, don't care. And politics really don't doesn't matter to me as well. I'm not a big politics guy. You can believe whatever you want. You, you know, I'm not gonna be mad at you if you believe one way and I believe a different way. Doesn't care. Doesn't matter. Doesn't affect me at all. And the third thing is is fight stories because I have a lot of them, and some of them make me sound. And I'm a very good storyteller, and I exaggerate. But some of these stories that I have over the, the that I've collected over the years it makes me seem like such an asshole. I've told my wife them, and my wife even looks at me like. Shut up. You know what I mean? So I got to kind of keep that cool under the chest. I don't like, I'm not going to talk about it. Let's get to the fight. Speaking about fighting, UFC Busan, the last card of, I think we got like a month. The next pay-per-view, the next fights I think are in, was it Connor, right? January 18th. We got, I mean, we got like a month of uh, like a break here because we got Christmas next week. Then we got New Year's. And then they're going to take a couple weeks in January, to, I guess, to really build up the Connor uh, Cerrone fight. So this is the last fight for a while, guys. We're going to have a nice little extended break here. Um, and uh, I love, I like this card a lot. I really, really do. It's a tough, tough card to pick. I got to be really careful how I bet um, because my bankroll isn't as fat. I cashed out and then I've lost some, won a little bit or kind of broke even on or did break even on the last card, UFC 245. So... Um, trying to build a bankroll back up, so I need to be very careful. So, first fight of the night. Actually, I'm going to read it from here because my eyes. I got my eyes are getting bad, guys. First fight of the night, you got Healy Onstong. 13-7-1. He's fighting Ryan Benoit. He was 10-5. and five. Healy is a minus 105. Uh, what is he? He's a minus 105 underdog, and he's fighting Benoit, who is a minus 125 favorite. Um, Benoit is a guy who... I had to look him up because he sounded so familiar. I'm like, I've seen this guy fight, right? 10 to 5 record, not the most impressive thing in the world. I think he's, is he, an, he might be an Edgar guy. Maybe he did his camp in Edgar, but I'm like, where have I seen this guy at, right? So he hasn't fought in the UFC since 2017. He had one fight in 2017, no fights in 2018, no fights yet in 2019. So he's barely getting one in here. He, and then he has a loss of Brandon Moreno, split decision back in 2016. And then he has a, um, he has a knockout win over Sergio Pettis. That's how I knew him. That was in 2015. But he like fights once a year, right? His UFC debut, he lost to Josh Shampoo in 2013. This guy's been, guy been with the fucking organization since 2013. And the only fight I remember is the Sergio Pettis when he knocked him out in round two because it was it was a little bit of shocking because Sergio had that name. So um, it's really it's really weird seeing him come back the way he is. I don't know why he, uh, I'm assuming injuries and whatnot. Really good fight to kick it off. He's fighting a guy from China, Healy Onstong, which is a, a really weird name. Doesn't sound Chinese to me. I could have swore. I mean, he's Mongolian, so maybe that's a little bit different. Uh, I don't really know uh, a lot about that part of the world, if I'm being honest with you. Um, but this guy's a decent little record. He's a stand-up fighter. He's making his uh, this is the second fight. Excuse me. He fought Donas Bagarero in his uh, UFC debut. He won by unanimous decision. Has a lot of wins by knockout. He's a couple losses. But only one uh, one loss by knockout and a couple decision losses here. So I feel like he does have power. He does like to stand up. But Noit's a guy who I feel like maybe a little bit more well-rounded. I can understand why to pick him, right? 13-7-1 is not a great record. A lot of his losses were early in his career. He's on a four-fight win streak. That's Healy. Ryan Benoit, not very active, right? Very talented fighter. He has some good wins over Sergio Pettis. Split decision loss over Brandon Moreno. I know that was... 
a few years ago, Brandon Moreno, and they and he has since only gotten better. He really blew me away his last time out against Kaikar France. But Ryan Benoit obviously has some power, knocked out Sergio Pettis. Not a ton of people have done that. Um, really interesting to see what Benoit wants to do here because Healy seems like a, a stand-up guy. I've never seen him fight. I try to look up footage. Only some really saw some really crap highlights. Um, was going to go back, watch his UFC debut. I forgot. Benoit, again, a guy who you know, just needs to be a little more active. Like if you want to get your name out there, you need to be active, but I'm interested in this fight, right? The line is pretty split. I usually like taking these minus minus pick them lines. It's almost like a 50 50, right? But if you're really hot on a guy, you can make some decent money. If you bet a lot of money, um, I've actually been striking out a lot on these fucking fights. These are the fights that I used to win a lot of my money on. And just as of late, I've been fucking swinging and missing not to bury the leagues. This is the first fight night. I'm picking Benoit to win, uh, Ryan Benoit, uh, to win this fight. I just think he's a little more well-rounded. I think they're going to cancel out on the feet. And if Benoit is in, is in Jersey with Edgar, which I think he is, I could be completely wrong about that. Um, then he's obviously working his cardio and his grappling. So I'm going to take Benoit. I'm going to take him probably by decision. He could get a finish in there because Healy has been knocked out before, but, uh, more than likely he's going to win a, win a decision here. Um, uh, kick off the night. All right. Next up, Amanda Lemos, who is six one and one. She is a plus one fifty five underdog. She's fighting Miranda Granger, who is seven and zero. Oh. She's a minus one ninety favorite. Miranda Granger fought her UFC debut. I think it was her UFC debut last time she fought was against Hannah Goldie, who was coming off the Contender Series. Both girls are ripped up. Hannah Goldie has got a lot of muscle, kind of short for the division, but got a lot of muscle. Miranda Granger looked fantastic in that fight. Hannah Goldie, as tough as it comes, she trains down with Mike Perry in that camp, uh, Factory X, I believe, down there in, in Orlando. Solid, solid girl. She looked great on the Contender Series, but Granger went out there. She was an underdog play for me. I, probably the last women's fight I fucking actually won money on. Uh, Granger went out and, and, and fucking did the business against Goldie. That's a huge feather in the cap. Amanda Lemos, a girl who I, I do not know a tremendous a lot about. She lost her UFC debut to Leslie Smith by standing elbows in round two. She's got a lot of wins kind of all over the regional scene. A couple draw, one draw, excuse me. Um, a lot of her wins are kind of all over the place. Looks like she's a striker. She has a couple knee wins, a couple punches wins. Um, I'm going to take Miranda Granger. I think Granger's going to be too big, too strong. Take this fight to the ground. I don't think she's going to play around the feet. I think Lemos is probably going to come out pretty heavy-handed, pretty aggressive, wanting to get that win. Uh, her first UFC win, and I think Granger could be a, a real a real talent here at flyweight. Um, I think she's going to probably take this fight wherever she wants to go and uh, and win it. Okay, next up, you got Saeed Nugomayev, uh, Saeed 13-1, excuse me. He is a minus 105 underdog. He's fighting Hani Basolos, who's 14-1. He is a minus 125 favorite, slight favorite. This fight, I don't have anything written down. This fight is almost impossible to pick. I like Barcelos. I think he is very, very talented. I think he's powerful. I think he's one of the real up-and-comers from Brazil right now at 135. Uh, the guy hasn't lost since 2014, and that was back in the RFA by rear naked choke. His only loss is to a guy that was Mark Dickman. Man, your only loss is to an American, which I know that, that burns up a Brazilian. By submission, which I know Barcelos isn't really a submission guy, but still. And to add more misery to that, his last name's Dickman. <clears throat> man, that's a rough, that's a rough go. Anyway, after the 2014 loss, he made his UFC debut. RFA is a really, really talented organization. He's got a lot of chaos for that. UFC debut versus Kurt Hullabaugh, win by knockout. Chris Gutierrez, rear naked choke. Carlos, uh, Carlos Huchain, um, ground and pound. So all finishes in UFC. A lot of canceled fights. They were supposed to fight back in May 
Fight got canceled. I'm assuming Nurmagomedov got hurt because he went on to fight uh, Carlos Hossein on that night. So this fight has been scheduled before. Nurmagomedov's a guy. I don't think he's related to Khabib. I could be wrong. He's obviously Dagestanian, uh, Russian. I think I don't think he's related to Khabib. He could be a um, a cousin or something. I don't know. But he trains out of Jersey. I think he's a Jersey guy. Um, right? No, I, I don't know. I think I think a lot of these guys are Jersey guys. Anyway, he's got some really good wins on his record as well. He's got two wins in the UFC, both no jokes. Justin Scoggins, split decision win. Ricardo Ramos, body kick and punches round one. And a lot of his wins are by decision. His only loss is Magadabev Batalov by unanimous decision. And that guy was a, a killer in the UFC when he came and just kind of fell apart. So <clears throat> this is a really, really tough fight to pick. I don't have anything written down. Nurmagomedov is a guy who is really good on the ground. He's not like a Khabib where his pressure is dominating. It's not overwhelming, but he is slick on the ground. He will go for submissions. He will take you down in, in hold position. Great cardio. His stand-up's coming a long way. He's got some decent kicks. He's a little bit long for 135. Barcelos is just a killer, though. He's so strong, so powerful. All his wins are by finishing UFC. I'm surprised he's not a bigger favorite because we haven't seen Nurmagomedov in a little bit. They both have impressive wins. I mean, they're you know three and zero in the UFC and two and zero in the UFC. This is a really really good fight for the third fight of the night. Um, man, you could literally flip a coin on this. I I really don't know who I'm going to take. I I don't like betting against Russians. I'll say that right, but I think Barcelos just has more tools to win. I think his stand. If I think he can prevent the takedown, we're going to see if Barcelos has any. Takedown offense, ground game whatsoever. Um, because Nurmagomedov's gonna gonna hunt for the takedown. He's gonna kick a little bit. He's gonna stand out range. He's gonna throw his punches, and then he's gonna end up trying to take you down. If Barcelos can stop that, I think he has an advantage on the feet. I think he can outpoint him. I don't know if he can finish him. I'm gonna go Barcelos. I like saying his name. I'm not confident in that pick. This is a fight that I'm not gonna bet. I'm gonna watch as a fan. And I mean, they're they're identical. 14 one, 13 and one. They both are very good everywhere. Good records, um, good undefeated in the UFC, crazy fight, crazy fight. And next fight, Alexander, Alexandra Potoja, twenty-one and four. He's a minus two twenty-five favorite. He is fighting Matt Schnell, who's fourteen and four. He is a plus one seventy-five underdog. This fight, <clears throat> I'm very, very intrigued by this fight. I love this fight. Pantoja is a guy who came off the Ultimate Fighter that season. He was like the number one ranked guy. Didn't win the season. I don't think he won the season, right? No, he lost in that, right? Yeah. Um, who did he lose to? He lost, Oh, yeah, he lost to the, the Japanese gentleman. Um, he has one, uh, two losses in the UFC, both by NASA decision against Dustin Ortiz, who just wrestle-fucked him, and then Devison Figueredo, who was a beast, who just fucking bullied him, walked through everything, and he and Devison hurt him with punches bad. And this dude hung on. He was cut bad. Uh, the ground game was there for him. He has a knockout win over Wilson Hayes. He has a, a rear-naked choke win over Okusaki. Brandon Moreno has a unanimous decision win over him. Near series got a rear-naked choke over him. Eric Sheldon win. Pantoja's been in there with, with, with some of the best at 125. Matt Schnell's a guy who I've been following since the MTV days. This motherfucker was on that show Caged, if anybody watched that. The Louisiana kids that were amateur MMA fighters that were trying to make it, right? This dude made it. Went out to Sacramento. I believe he kind of cross changes at combat sports. I don't know if he's at Alpha Male, maybe AKA, maybe. I'm not really sure exactly where his home at. I know he's in California. I know he's in Sacramento. Uh, Machinel's stand ups. He's on a roll, right? He hasn't lost a fight in how long? What's his win streak? So he's got four in a row. Before that, he lost three in a row. 
Uh, he lost the Ultimate Fighter finale, uh, or excuse me, lost only Ultimate Fighter to Tim Elliott by um, front naked choke. Excuse me. Tim, Tim Elliott went on to win that. His UFC debut, he got fed to the wolves right away, and he got knocked out by Rob Font. <clears throat> and then right after that, he locked, got knocked out by Hector Sandoval. Took a little bit of time, about six months, probably moved, probably did some training elsewhere, and then he and he rattled off four wins. Jordan Espinosa was, was a big win. Lewis Smoker was a big win too. Not huge names on his record, right? This is going to be the biggest name that he has fought, but he has gotten better. Matt Snell's staying up is really good. He's really tricky off his back. He, he, he wants you to think you're comfortable on top. His triangle's great. His arm bars are great. His chokes are great. He's very, very good off his back. Pantoja is a great jiu-jitsu protect practitioner. He's no slouch off his back either. Um, I think Schnell's going to end up on his back, and if Pantoja doesn't, mind his fucking P's and Q's. He could get caught here. I think this fight will probably play it on the feet, right? Pantoja showed a pretty good chin against um, Devison Figueredo. He took a beating, but he showed a pretty good chin. Matt Schnell's been knocked out before. <clears throat> Excuse me. He has been dropped before. He is hittable. His defense isn't tight. He's aggressive. He hits hard himself. He has good stand-up. His stand-up is always improving, especially moving out the Combat Sports Academy out there in Sacramento. Really, really good stand-up guys there. But he's a little. he can get a little reckless. He can get tagged a little bit. I'm going to go with Pantoja. I love Matt Snell as an underdog. I can't promise you tomorrow when I'm having my snack in Indiana in my car, placing my bets, I might not throw a little bit on Matt Snell. However, the confident pick, the pick that I'm most confident in giving to you guys is Alexander Pantoja. I think he's just a little bit much right now for Matt Snell. I think Matt Snell's almost there. I like <clears throat> I like Snell a lot. I think he has a lot of talent. But Pantoja, I think, is just a little too much in the stand-up. I think he might hurt Snell, possibly finish him on the ground as well. I think there'll be a finish in this fight. If you don't want to touch the fight because it's, it is a very tough fight to pick, I've seen a lot of people pick Snell, a lot of people on Pantoja. Pantoja is a big favorite. You're not going to get a lot of money on your return there. Bet maybe heavy on the prop. Maybe does doesn't go to the decision. I do see a finish happening in this fight for sure. Next up, Omar Morales, who's eight and zero. He is a plus. Oh, excuse me, minus two hundred favorite over Dong Young Ma, who is sixteen ten and three. He is a plus one sixty. I tweeted about this fight. Omar Morales is a guy who came out the contender series, knocked out Harvey Park. Looked pretty good. Cardio, little suspect. You know, he's kind of beefed up for the division. Uh, Dung Young Ma is a guy who's been knocked out several times. My boy, shout out Dom Steele. Dom Steele slammed him. Oh, wait, no, no, no. That wasn't Dong Young Ma. Excuse me. Was that Dong Young Ma? It was Dong Young Ma. Fuck you, Dong Young Ma. So Dong Young Ma got slammed by my boy Dom Steele and got knocked out. I think Ma is a talented fighter. I think he has a little bit of a chin problem, a little bit of a defensive problem, and a little bit of an aggression problem. I think he needs to kind of slow down in the fights. I think he's go, 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 go. I mean, he's got 10 losses, a few by knockout. I think he's on a two-fight skid right now. Omar Morales making his UFC debut after the contender series. This guy's got power. Hard to find a lot of footage of him. I try to look up more than the contender series. He's a very good striker, very powerful. I'm, I'm possibly worried about him gassing out in this fight. He is going to Korea. He's fighting the hometown dude here, the home country guy. But Ma, there's no way Ma wins this fight, right? Uh, minus 200 here. I had him at 180. when I, I did place a bet on him already. I got him at 180. I'm 172, I think. I'm, excuse me. Yeah, I think he is now at 180. Um, I have him written down at 200. He could be going up. I'm not exactly sure here. I could have I just fucked up, made a mistake. But Omorales is your play here. Go by knockout. I know I'm picking all chalk, guys. I'm just, I'm just picking by the hip. There's a couple even fights in there that could fall to, to unders. Get on my back. You know, don't call me square. My square, I'm not going to pick square picks, but Omar Morales is your guy. I think he's a win. I bet Omar Morales and I bet 
finish as well. The finish props probably very low because Maul's been finished before. Morales is a headhunter. He's powerful, but I'd still maybe sprinkle that in. All right, next up, you got Suman Makatarian, who's eight and one. He is a plus 220 underdog. He's fighting Su Wu Choi. Choi. Yeah, Choi. He is a plus, or excuse me, minus 270 favorite. This line's a little crazy to me. I'm going to tell you right now. That's an underdog right there, and we're cashing on. Suleiman is a guy who fought Sadiq Yusuf his last time out, got completely destroyed. When he was on the Ultimate Fighter, he was a feared guy. He had a lot of talent. Coming from Australia, maybe New Zealand, can't remember, um, a lot of people feared this guy, right? He hasn't really competed to the level that he should compete at. He's 8-1, hasn't got a lot of chances in UFC, very good ground game, stand-up game, a little sus. I think he... Probably took the wrong approach against Sadiq because Sadiq is so powerful. I think maybe he should have really hunted for the takedown a little bit more. Sadiq's a beast, so what, what are you going to do? Wu Choi is a guy who I've not been impressed with. I actually looked this guy up. I've been watching MMA. He's on a two-fight losing streak in the UFC. Gavin Tucker rear naked choked him. Gavin Tucker's a beast. And then Mosar Ivalov, uh decision him. He's also been knocked out by Jun Woon Kim before his UFC career. And, um, he, you know, he doesn't have a signature win yet. doesn't have a win in the UFC yet. He did rebound and, and knock out Jun Woon Kim. So good for him. And then there's a guy here named Young Bok Kill who uh, he knocked out as well, which is which is an awesome name. But um, this is... the. This is going to be a classic grappler versus striker. Suleiman's going to want to take the fight to the ground. I think he's very capable on the ground, and Choi's going to want to come knock him out. It's really hard to go against the Korean, right? I've already told you. I've already played the jingles. I'm going Suman. Simply because he's a huge, huge underdog against a guy who's never won the UFC yet, right? Gavin Tucker, a beast. But I would say Suman might be a little bit better on the ground than Gavin Tucker. Definitely goes for submissions a little bit more. Gavin Tucker's a big, thick boy, but Suman, and, he, and he's taking some time off after the loss. Not really sure who he's training with, but I think they're underestimating him. <clears throat> uh, and uh, I really like uh, Suman here. I mean, he's got a bunch of wins by kind of every which way, right? Let's see. Was he? Is he Australian? Okay, so he's Australian. New South Wales, Australia. Yeah, I like the underdog here big time. Uh, might be one of my favorite underdogs on the card just because how heavy he is. I mean, plus 220? Against a guy who hasn't won, won the UFC yet. Now, I know he's a hometown guy. I know he has some knockout power. Suman, in my opinion, has not fought to the capable, the level he should. He might get a little stage fight, right? UFC jitters, whatever. But I like him in this fight big time. And I'm probably mispronouncing his name about 100 times there. So if you know him or if you know how to pronounce his name, I apologize. Is that why I got two stars? Fuck. Never thought my pronunciation... Well, give me those two stars. All right, next up, Cyril Gagne, who was 5-0 fighting Taser. Uh, Taser. That would be a cool name, Taser. Uh, Tanner Bozart, who's 17-5-1. Gagne is a minus 700 favorite. Bozart is a plus 450 underdog. I'm going to go ahead and say right now, these are heavyweights. Put a couple bucks on Tanner, right? I mean, I don't think Tanner's going to win. I think Gagne has proved himself to be a, a legit dude, whether it's on the feet or on the ground. Um, big powerful striker, uh, Bozier looked pretty good. Looked a little undersized. I think, I think he's gonna be undersized in this fight. 225 ish moves really well though. I like his movement. I like his kicks, not big power. Showed a pretty good chin, kind of a Canadian Roy Nelson. I believe is why I tweeted out. Got a couple likes on that Two two likes. Um, but yeah, put money on Bozier. I mean, plus 450. You don't get those odds that often in MMA. Gagne minus 700. You avoid, you run for the fucking Hills. I don't like Gagne. That's minus 700. That's crazy. These are heavyweights. Anything could happen. 
But my gut and my expertise is telling me that Gagne is going to probably tag Bozier a little bit. He's a little undersized. I think the power is going to be a big difference for Gagne. Tanner's going to be on his bike. Gagne might have to chase him down and, and find him, maybe mix in some takedowns. But I like I like uh, Cyril here. I like I like Gagne. I like the Frenchman. I think he's going to put it on Tanner. And, and Tanner's showing a good chin. I don't know if he's ever been knocked out before. He's 17-5-1. and one. One is UFC debut against Daniel Spitz. Looked really good. Spitz is a big boy, too. Tanner looked good in that fight. Uh, hit Spitz with some big, big shots. So decision, 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 decision. One knockout. Tim Haig knocked him out back in uh, 2015. Old Canadian. Rest in peace, Tim Haig. So Tim Tim Haig knocked him out, what, nine seconds in the first round? Is that what that said? Eight seconds. Six seconds in the first round. So that was like a, a big punch, big kick. I've never seen it. Uh, that can happen to anybody. I mean, that can happen to anybody. So, Tanner Bozier probably does have a solid chin. Listen, you, if you think I'm not going to put 10 bucks to win, what, 45 or whatever it is on Tanner Bozier, you're crazy. You, you got to play the game sometimes. This is heavyweights, boys. But my official pick is the square pick. It's going to be Gagne. I do think he is a special talent heavyweight. Bozier, little undersized. I would like to maybe see him drop to 205. If he can do it, he does carry a little bit of fat, but I think he would I think he would look good at 205. All right, next up, Kyung Hong Kang, who is 16 and 8. He is a minus 265 favorite. He is fighting Puong Lu, who is 15 and 5. He is a plus 205 underdog. I'm gonna go ahead and save the draft dramatics here. I'm taking Ho Young Kang. Puyan Lu's a guy who I get fooled by his topology pitcher every single time. This dude looks ripped. He's got fucking belts, and he can't win a fight for me. I've never bet it right for him. I'm picking Kang. I think Kang's the same way. I feel like I've lost against Kang, too. Hometown kid, Korea. Okay, no. So I picked, uh, no, I, I haven't lost to Kang yet. Kang hasn't got me yet. But uh, but Lu definitely has, for sure. Who, who was it with Lu? His last time out. Yeah, Jonathan Martinez, you fuck. He got knocked out by Jonathan Martinez in the third round. That's who it was. I like Kang in this fight. Enough said. Next up, Jung Young Park, who is plus 100 underdog. He is 10 and 4. He's fighting Mark Andre Barlut, who is 11 and 3 Canadian. He is a, excuse me here, he's a minus 130 favorite. I don't think Burlew's won a UFC fight yet, if I'm mistaken. Yeah, he's 2-0. Christoph Jocko split decision. Andrew Sanchez decision. Um, two tough fights for, for a guy debuting UFC. Dong Ong Jun won his last time out. I believe it was his UFC debut. Yep. One's UFC debut. Standing guillotine choke over Kalidas Agamirov. Agamirov. And a lot of his fights are won by TKO stoppages. Looks a pretty pretty well-rounded. Korean top team guy. Big hometown favorite. That's why he's got the main card spot. From all reports, from what I remember, I don't take notes, but from what I remember in my brain, this kid was a, the reason I betted on him against Kalidas was this was the kid that a lot of the Koreans liked, right? Remember Dung Young Kim. He was he's like the new Dung Young Kim for the for light heavyweight middleweight division. I think I think he's gone up both. Um wait, hold on. Hold the phone. I'm doing the wrong fight. Oh, my God. Let's restart that. <laughs> I should edit this, but I want you guys to know how imperfect and fucking stupid I am. So the fight, Mark andre Balut, who is a minus 130, he is fighting. But he's not fighting Dong Young-Joo. He's fighting Jung Young-Park, who's 10-4. and four. I looked up Dung Young Jun's last record. I should be looking up Jung Young Park, who is a minus, excuse me, plus 100. So let me look up the right fighter here because I'm an idiot. So Jung Young Park, 
Lost his UFC debut against Anthony Hernandez by Anaconda Choke. He's got some wins by punches, some rear naked chokes, a lot of losses by submissions. This guy, a couple wins by submission as well. I do not know this guy that much, okay? Korean, yes. I don't know him all that well. Marc-Andre Balut is primarily a stand-up guy. They almost have the same record. This is a middleweight fight, excuse me. Um, but I have written down here Marc-Andre Balut, right? I'm 0-2 against him. I think I bet on him his first two fights. Canadian guy, good striker. I'm betting against the Korean in Korean soil. Let's move on because I've embarrassed myself enough. I'm going Mark Andre for the win here. Next up, Dong On June, the guy who I was trying to talk about. 12 and 2, plus 100, underdog as well against Mike Rodriguez, who's 10 and 4. He's a minus 130 favorite. Ide- okay, identical lines for both these fights written down. And Dong On June, Junyoon Park. Come on. All right, they don't look alike. I'm not going to be a racist fuck, but they're right now. Ne- come on, they're right next to each other. Call me some slack. I'm embarrassed. I am fully embarrassed for that. Anyway, Dong Young Ju's a guy who a lot of people are talking about. We're back now. We're back, guys. He's like the Dong Young Kim, right? He's the the next one up. He choked out Kalidas, right? Good striking, good good grappling. Um, Mike Rodriguez is a guy who I really liked. I lost his last time out. He lost a close decision. Good striking. I think his boxing is very, very basic. It's very, he's very long for the division. Very one and two, one and two. Decent knee. Um, his ground game obviously is suspect a little bit. He's he's at the Joe Lozon camp. Um, yeah, John Allen beat him by unanimous decision, and then he knocked out Adam Milstead with knees to the body and punches. He also has a loss to Devin Clark. So he struggles with grapplers, right? Struggles with guys coming forward. Devin Clark is gonna shoot on you every five seconds. Dung on June's a guy who can do both. He's heavy-handed and he's got some good chokes. I like Dung Young June. The dog. Plus 100. Uh, I love that. I love that against Mike Rodriguez. Mike Rodriguez might come out and fucking show, uh, just crack, right? I mean, because he was a huge underdog against Milstead and he fucking knocked him out. Looked like shit, in my opinion. Looked very basic in his last time, last fight out where he was kind of a pick him and I took him again. Dung Young June, Korean, a guy I've heard about. Before even the UFC, I don't follow Korean MMA all that much. I know that might surprise you, but this is a guy who I've heard look out for the light heavyweight division, possibly the middleweight division too. This is the guy who I was talking about. He bounced back and forth. I like Dong Eun Jun as the underdog. There it is. All right, next up, Do Ho Choi, the Korean Superboy. He's fourteen and three. He's a minus three hundred favorite. He is fighting Charles Air Jordan, one of the coolest names. Nine and two. Plus 230 underdog. Jordan made his UFC debut. He lost his debut to Des Green, I believe, right? Desmond Green. Um, took it on short notice in Canada. Des Green just, uh, maybe it wasn't Canada. I think it was Albany. I think it was it was the Albany card because I think that's where Des Green was from, right? Like he begged to get on that card. Where were you at? Rochester. Excuse me, not Albany. Excuse me, New York. I didn't mean to offend you. Rochester. Uh, Des Green won that fight. He's just the bigger man and more well-prepared. Duhu Choi hasn't fought in a while. It's been a couple years for him. His last fight out was a war against uh, Jeremy Stevens. I'm all over Duhu Choi here. I'm taking him. I know he's a big favorite. He might be the biggest favorite on the card that I love. I think he's going to come out. I think I don't know a ton about Jordan. I think Duhu Choi is solid everywhere, and he does have power. I don't think he's going to get in a war. Took two years off, probably been training, been resting his brain, been resting his body. This kid's got lightning fast hands. He's got big power. I like Choi in this fight. Uh, Co-main event, Volkan Ozemir, who's 16-4. and four. He's a plus-120 underdog versus Alexander Rakic, uh, who is 12-1. and one. He was a minus-150 favorite. A lot of slander has been 
toss Rackett's way because of the Johnny Walker loss, right? This is a guy who we've seen a lot of big win, big wins by knockout. A lot of people don't trust him because Johnny Walker got knocked out by Corey Anderson. A lot of people love Volkan as the underdog. I'm sure this line has moved since I wrote it down yesterday. Volkan's a very solid guy. He's coming off a big knockout win over Lillier Tifi. Rackett's coming off a big knockout. One of the best knockouts I've ever seen over Jimmy Manowal. Cracked him with a head kick. Rackick is a guy who's very, very technical with his striking. Vulcan is not so technical. He's very, throws punches from his hips. He's very, I don't think I've ever seen him throw a straight punch. It's just hooks, hooks for days. Very powerful. He wrestled Dominic Reyes, and a lot of people thought he won that fight. We haven't seen Rackett wrestle yet, right? He's a big, big guy for his division, 6'5, whatever it is. There's a lot of questions about the superstar of Rackick. Light heavyweight and these stars. He's never fought a Volkan Ozmir. Volkan Ozmir has fought the who's who. He's fought Dominic Reyes, who's fighting for the title. A lot of people think he won. He fought, he's been in there, Damon Cormier, even though he didn't do all that well. He's been in there with Anthony Smith, who fought for the title, even though he lost that fight. He's been in there with some of the best. Alexander Rakic has not. But the, the, there's a lot of things going on because of the Johnny Walker loss. It's scaring people off with the racket back. Not me. I love him at minus 150. I love him in this fight. I think Volkan Ozdemir is going to come out. He's going to be a little tentative. He's going to throw big shots, and I think he's going to leave himself open for a big shot by Rackett. I think Rackett's going to win by stoppage. By motherfucking stoppage. Volkan has a great chin, slows down. I don't know about Rackett's gas tank just yet, but Volkan has known the gas. I mean, he's gassed in a lot of his fights. He gassed in the Cormier fight. He gassed in the Anthony Smith fight. Kind of gassed in the Reyes fight. I know he wrestled a lot. Even though Vulcan has been in there with the better competition, has fought for the title, and Rackage has not, I'm going with Rackage by finish. I don't give finishes, y'all. Finish. All right, main event time. Chan Sung Joon, also known as the Korean Zombie. He is 15 and 5. He's a minus 180 favorite. He's fighting Frankie Edgar. 23, 7 and 1. He's a plus 155 underdog. This is an impossible fight. I reached out to my brothers from up north, MMA, etc. podcast. Go listen to them. Uh, comment on their story, ask them who they like. They like the zombie. I haven't asked Devin yet. I, I think Devin would probably lean the zombie. I'm leaning Edgar. I haven't made up my mind yet. I love the number next to Edgar's name. I kind of like that he was on his way to 35 and he decided to take this fight because they were supposed to fight back in when when Chen Sung fought um, Yair. They were, Edgar was supposed to be in that fight, but he got hurt, had to pull out. The 25th anniversary show. So Edgar wanted this fight. He knows the matchup. They, they did enough tape study to know uh, the Korean zombie. The zombie looked good. He looks, he's a big boy for this weight. He looks strong. I saw some videos of him working out. Looks powerful. Problem is, I think Edgar, obviously, I like him as a smaller guy because he's faster. I don't like Edgar in the, in the Corey Sanhagen matchup because Corey Sanhagen is a fucking beast. I like Edgar in this matchup. I'm going with Edgar. I'm going with the underdog. I'm playing both fucking jingles. I just decided right now... I'll break this down like this. Edgar, he's only been knocked out once. He's only been finished once, right? Great Maynard got to him a little bit, rocked him. A couple other people maybe rocked him a little bit, but he's only been finished one time, and that was by Brian Ortega. Edgar was super aggressive with that fight. I think he just he thought he had a pressure too much. Ortega's a big, long guy. Similar to Korean Zombie. Korean Zombie has really quick hands, really powerful hands. If he doesn't get you with the first couple punches, though, and you kind of absorb him, or at least you, you duck and dodge him, 
he doesn't carry that power on because he slows down a little bit. Every fight I've seen Zombie in, he slows down. Yeah, your Rodriguez fight, he's won that fight, caught that elbow. That might have been a little unlucky, but he was slowing down a little bit. Edgar's not going to slow down. Edgar's going to be on his bike. He's not going to trade with him. Edgar's going to really test Korean Zombie's takedown offense and his ground game. We haven't seen Zombie off his back. Uh, this is kind of the conversation when Edgar went in with Yair. Yair's this big, flashy striker. But no one has seen him off his back. What happened? Frankie took him down and busted him up. Frankie's really heavy on top. After the Max performance, I think Frankie went back and probably realized he had to wrestle more. He didn't wrestle Max on much. Max kept him at distance and really pieced him up. And um, I picked Frankie in that fight. I'm picking Frankie again. I'm going to ride Frankie. I know he's 38. I know he's not the young guy. He's not the bigger guy. He doesn't have the knockout power. He doesn't have the finish rate. But he has the pace. He has the footwork. He has the wrestling. I think if he gets on top, even though Zombie does have some fancy submissions, and we have seen him off his back before, and he's a warrior, he's tough, he's going to be hard to finish. I think Frankie Edgar is going to piece him up, really do some damage when he gets him on his back, and then that's going to play dividends later in the fight. I think Frankie's going to win a decision. It's going to be hard to win a decision. He's got to be dominant because this guy's a fucking superstar in Korea. Um, but Frankie's going to be dominant. I think he's going to come out there and it's going to be very close in the first round. Zombie's going to be locked and loaded, ready to fucking take your head off. He looks to be in incredible shape. Frankie might be in for a long night. Zombie might knock him out in the first round. I could be dead fucking wrong. I wouldn't be surprised by that. However, I'm putting my money on Frankie. I love the long hair Jersey kid. Um, I think he's just going to do more. I think he's just going to put uh, you know, he's not going to box as much. I think he's going to wrestle. That's what he needs to do, right? What zombie needs to do is keep him at distance. Zombie's very long and he's got great straight punches. Moicano is last time out when, when he knocked out Moicano, Moicano wasn't moving. Moicano was more than a straight line, straight forward, straight back, right? And zombie caught him with a straight punch. Frankie Edgar doesn't move straight forward, straight back, right? He's very quick. He's side to side. He moves it up. He's very good footwork. I think it's going to take a lot to really catch Frankie. Um, but Frankie's going to be careful in those first two rounds because I think that's going to be a problem. I think he'll take over in the later rounds. Hopefully, he's a little bit dominant with the wrestling, with the grappling. Should be a fun fight. Very, very tough fight to pick. Um, but with Frankie being that size of an underdog, I had to take a swing at him. All right, so that's the show. That's the last pick em of 2019. Um, I'm going to break down Devin and I and other people, not confirmed, not going to say who, we're going to put out a year-end show. I think we'll record after Christmas. It's going to be kind of like a breakdown. We're going to give out some awards, fight of the year, round of the year, ugliest fight of the year. I don't know. We'll come up with it. That will be out probably right around New Year's, New Year's Day, whatever it is. And then we're back to business uh, with uh, Connor. Connor coming up the 18th. We're back to business after that. 2020, um, what to expect from us? Maybe hopefully bigger, better things. I'm going to keep grinding. My focus the past few months has kind of shifted because I've been trying to get in shape and I've been boxing a lot more and working out a lot more and, and, you know, this and that. But I do really want to dedicate my time to this and really try to make this grow. And with your help, everyone who's listening to this, you're incredible. I love you. Everyone who's reached out on Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, even if you hate me, if you love me, listen to me, support me. It's all about MMA. It's not about me. It's about growing the sport. I love this sport more than life itself. The only thing I love more than this sport is my daughter and my wife, probably my mom as well. But um, I love this sport. This is the greatest sport in the world. People need to realize that. And uh, thank you for listening. Hopefully the fights are great. Hopefully I win a ton of money. If not, I'll talk to you guys uh, on the uh, MMA Takes Award show. Hopefully when you guys listen, you guys will be wearing full tuxedos. All right, I'll talk to you. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. Okay. He will rock you. 
Let's lay it down. Nick? You want to lay it down? Were you rolling on the rehearsal?